Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Dollar Car Rental Studios, it's the Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Thank you for joining us. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host here on the air today. I promise one thing, this will be interesting. It always is. It'll be compelling, entertaining radio. It always is. It always is. Thanks for hanging out with me, Dr. D. Open phones if we want to talk about your if you want to talk about your life and your money. We know we do. Triple eight eight two five five two two five. That's triple eight eight two five five two two five. Uh starting us off in Norfolk, Virginia is Fadio. Hi Fadio, is that did I pronounce that correctly? It's Fadio. Fadio. I'm sorry. Okay. I knew I was going to mess it up when I saw it. How can I help? Um, well, I'm a father of five special needs children. Um, we're in the process of setting up a, a, a family farm. So three of my boys have autism, and they're going to actually work the farm as part of their extended life, you know, to earn income and to have good, healthy relationships with how they feel and things like that good and so they're high functioning I have, yeah they're high functioning yeah okay. um one of them has type 1 diabetes and he's also bipolar uh the other one is just regular autism and the other one's a bilateral amputee and autism okay so we're setting up all kinds of stuff i own three homes a hundred acres um i don't really have I mean, the debt would be like the mortgages on the land and the house. Um, and we're, uh, you know, I got a, a probably about 200000 in retirement saved up. Uh-huh. Um, plus, we have another 30000 in another type of IRA. And then... Um, well, you're, an, you're, an, you're an incredible man. You've done a great job. Wow. Well, and then our household income is about 250000 a year. What do you do for uh, a living? Well, I'm an industrial mechanic, mm-hmm. and my wife is a, a BCBA behavioral therapist, or oh, wow. analyst, or licensed behavioral therapist analyst. Okay. And um, we're setting this up. I'm setting this up, and uh, I just wanted to know if you thought, you know, that I had a good plan. And I've been listening to your show a lot, and you've helped out a lot of people, and I, I just feel very unsatisfied with what I've done. Okay. What what is uh, you talking about your estate plan on how you're setting it up to survive you and take care of these kiddos? Yeah, yeah. So what's unsatisfying? I, don't I just don't know if I've done enough. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if I don't know. I just said every dad who loved his kids hmm. ever. So all this makes you is in the good dad column. Okay, none none of us think right. we did enough. But the other part, the other part of the equation is, regardless of uh, the type of challenges that the kid is going to have, every one of our kids has challenges, and um, exactly. we can only do so much to get them there. And you're doing, a, you've, they've got some extra challenges, so you're doing some extra stuff to get them there. But the truth is, there's a part of this is going to be on them, and a part of this is going to be on God. At some point, you got to rest in this. Yeah, I think that's what I'm having my problem. Yeah. And what you're going to do is you're going to plan and scheme and stress the time away you do have with them. Yeah. 
And you don't want to be 70 or 80 and look back and think, I worried my way through those connective years. So now I've worked really hard and I have a big estate and I have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, believe it or not, over the years on my estate plan. And we have a meeting once a year where we go over what happens if Dave dies this year meeting. It's very detailed and very complicated. We call it the Monty Python meeting. I'm feeling much better. And so I hate the meeting because the whole thing's about when I die. And it presupposes I'm going to die before all the people in the meeting. So I don't know about this. But, you know, but in bottom line is I've spent a lot of time on it like you have. And at some point in the process, I got to go, okay, I've done what I can do. Kiddos, you're going to do what you can do. God, you're going to do what you do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be just the I'm just the Dave part of the equation is the only part I can manage. Mm-hmm. And so releasing that, number one. Then number two, let's just talk about the mechanics and the tactics of what you're doing. Obviously, you're leaving this stuff into these assets into a special needs trust, and you have a trustee to manage the trust of the assets that you trust, thus the name trustee, uh, to take care of and oversee these properties and um, investments for the good of these kiddos as they become adults and manage through these issues is that right exactly yeah that's really i mean and then the details of that trust you can get down into that my trust is pretty detailed i'm pre- I'm, a, I'm even going to be a bit of a control freak from the grave so uh but it's my freaking money so it's my job to make sure that that somebody doing cocaine does not get blessed with my estate you know, right, exactly. that's my job. And in your case, it's your job to make sure some doofus investment advisor doesn't screw up everything you spent 30 years building and mess it up. And then your kids don't have food to eat after you're gone. Right. Right. And so you put some safeguards be- and stuff in the in the trust to say, this is how I want the money invested. This is how I want the farm managed at any point. If the child becomes too debilitated to manage this or has to have too much assistance and it becomes a burden rather than a blessing, the farm is liquidated, put into assets to manage the, and then those, those mutual funds create cash flow to feed the kid because they can't run the farm for some reason. I, you know, whatever you just try to think through contingencies and ours is if somebody falls off the uh, you know, falls off the good life wagon and decides to be a ne'er do well. They don't get to participate in the wealth because we don't want to finance goobs with God's money. And so, in our case, we're trying to guard against you know the uh, the uh, reality show child showing up in the Ramsey Heritage somewhere, right? Yeah. But I can't control yeah. that. But so much I can invest into the kid and teach them. Let them build character, spiritual life. I can invest, and I can invest some time and money into this other process. But at some point, you got to set the tools down and rest. What John said. Okay. Is that okay? Does that make sense? It so, makes a hundred percent. I haven't seen every page of your stuff, but my sense in talking to you is you're probably eighty to ninety percent there, which makes you like a thousand percent ahead of most people, because most people don't do beans on this issue. <laughs> That's true. And can I tell you, the the last 20%, here's what you got to do. You've got to be honest with yourself and your wife that your kids are going to have a rough go of it when y'all are gone. Nobody will love those three kids like y'all do. Nobody will know their special needs, peccadillos. Nobody will know their little things like you do. The thing that sets off the ADD, man, you, you know, nobody's going to know. Or that. the autism or the bipolar or the... Yeah. Nobody will know that. And so are they going to have a harder run of it? Yep. And you got to grieve that, and then you got to enjoy every minute you got with them. Otherwise, you end up burning now minutes for a future that's that you can't control. 
You're gonna you're gonna be gone. They're gonna have a tough time, but you are doing such an incredible job setting the foundation for them. Yeah. It's beautiful. So keep working on it, but don't obsess over it. And the fact that you can't get any peace about it means you're kind of tipping over on the obsessed side. So I work mine, and people might say I'm obsessed because I spend some time and some money on it every year. Sent an email this morning on it, but I don't sit and wring my hands about it and uh, feel inept because I know I'm ahead of 99.9% of the crowd, and so are you, sir. I'm proud of you. You're a good dad. Absolutely. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. As we continue to face challenging times, I hear that a lot of you have been calling Xander Insurance to see if term life plans are still available. The good news is that the insurance companies are starting to loosen up the restrictions. So if you haven't dealt with this yet, do it now. Let this crazy season motivate you to get your priorities in order and check the big things, like life insurance, off your list. Rates are still low. Call Xander Insurance today, 800-356-4282 or visit Xander.com. Our question of the day comes from Blinds.com. They have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means even if you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. You'll get free samples, free shipping. And with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Use the promo code RAMSEY to get the best possible deal. John, our question. Today's question comes from Chad in Utah. My wife has been diagnosed with disassociative identity disorder, otherwise known as multiple personalities. Too often when she goes shopping, some of her younger identities come up and she ends up spending money that we just don't have. Then she gets home and feels bad about her purchases, but is too ashamed to take things back. We are in baby step two and working toward getting our debts paid off, but it's going extraordinarily slow because of this. My question is, what advice would you have to help curb the the spending? Aside from simply taking over the money, I just don't know what else to do. You got to simply take over the money. Yep. Um, You got to take the debit card out of her hands. You'll have to, when she is in what I would call, when she's got her central state, when her central identity is running the show, you got to make sure that um, she turns over all of her spending and your job is now to go to the store. You're working with someone who's not fully well and until she can integrate some of that, and that's a hard, long process, um, you're going to be running the show when it comes to the money. Yeah. Just she as- is not... Um, if we were to... If, you, if say someone has dementia, mm-hmm. as an example, they are of diminished capacity right. from a legal standpoint, and so you could take... Your, your grandpa into the judge with the doc's letters and say, grandpa's of diminished capacity. We need to take over and take, you know, they appoint a guardian at litem. And you don't ask someone who is of diminished capacity to make quality decisions for themselves. Right. And, uh, and, and so from a legal standpoint, you don't have to do that legally in this case, but, uh, you literally take over someone's finances for their own good. That's right. Not for your good, but, um, because they're not capable of doing it in, in their current state. Uh, hopefully there's some work that can be done and this is not a permanent thing, but, uh, but basically you're, um, she's got a mental illness. Mm-hmm. 
and you're caring for a, a, a wife who has a mental illness. That's right. And I would recommend, Chad, I would recommend you get a friend or an accountability partner that will walk with you because she may not be able to carry that load right now. And that's the season y'all are in. And you may be in this road for a long time, right? Um, this is a very, very rare disorder, um, despite how much attention it gets on TV and whatnot. And you may be in it for a while. So get somebody you can walk along with you that will cheer you on, that will be frustrated with you, and will help you make good decisions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is your this is your your road to home, my man. I'll, I'll give you another one. Okay, something as simple as I've worked with over the years. Uh, uh, someone who's recovering uh, from a gambling addiction. Mm. You can they can't touch money right. until they've got six months clean, and then they can only touch certain amounts, and then they got to have another six months clean, and then they can only touch certain amounts, and then you know when you got two years clean, we could talk about having joint accounts again. Right. But otherwise, I'm just going to take care of you. Right. Uh, because when you touch money, you can't do it. That's right. And so it's not good for you. It's not good for us. And um, so you're expecting something of her that she does not have the strength and capacity to deliver, which is called self-discipline. That's right. And so you've got to step in and do that. Very interesting. Let me ask you this. When I read this, because um, I know nothing about this. I mean, other than I I know what this is, right. but, uh, you know, in, from the three psych classes I had in my right, life. But, right. you know, but uh, uh, how often is something like this misdiagnosed? significantly massively massively true disassociative identity disorder is super super rare and it's just it's a splintering of your identities it's less about you've got different people living inside of you and more you've got identities usually it stems from really significant trauma Trauma. Trauma. from childhood and you've got different identities that will rise up and take care of different things like scary moments and joyful moments and there may be something around money or stores or responsibility that this Chad's wife re- uh, reverts back. Yeah, and yeah. usually there's one that's a quarterback. There's some interesting stuff, man. You can look at the brain images change, uh, blood pressure changes um, in true diagnostics. It's mm-hmm. it's really bizarre. And, but, it's, um, but it's very rare. It's incredible, but it's very, very rare. Right. Yeah. So um, m- maybe not in this situation, but maybe if someone thought they had that, it could be that it's almost like... We're trying to give something a label where I'm just refusing to control myself. Occasionally, usually, if you've got it's that, just the younger me. I need a victim. Yeah, if if I would go see somebody twice, I'd go see two different people who diagnosed me with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not absolutely 100. percent You can't self-diagnose this. No, right. No, no, no. And sometimes dealing with trauma. Um, and I can't undiagnose it sitting here, obviously either. And that's, that's not right, what I'm either, trying yeah. to do in their situation. I just. Uh, you know, part of part there's a little part of me that wonders. You know, the younger identity. I, I just I've heard so many people have so many excuses that, over the yeah. years on why they will not control their spending. That's exactly right. And um, I'm not and saying that's the case with her, but sure. I just I'm always leery. That's right. And again, in these rare rare moments, yeah, the the, the working together working together means you're taking over. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just because you're just a diminished capacity. That's right. That's different than. I refuse to. Or it makes me scared when, or it reminds me when I was a kid, and that's not, those are different. That's a lot those are different. different. That's right. a difference in a 10 and a 2. The, yeah. yeah. This, this you're talking, 
your heart rate changes, your blood pressure. I've seen some where Even vocal cords reshift. Some are smoking and some don't smoke. I mean, it's you're talking dramatic and it's super rare. And like I said, if if someone I love was diagnosed with this, I would be on the phone with another doctor immediately to get um, a completely new workup to see if this was with this is accurate and true. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It probably shows up in the movies more than in real life. Way more in the movies. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Open phones at triple eight eight two five five two two five. And by the way, just in case some of you misheard that, in neither one of us are saying that is the case with Chad's wife. Absolutely. It's not. just a discussion because this kind of thing comes up. Uh, behaviors and mental illnesses and uh, diagnoses. You know, bipolar is the one I do get a lot. We get that a lot. And, 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 and that's much more frequent. Yeah, and we're, Dave, we're living in a world where you can only get reimbursed from insurance with a diagnosis. And so there is a there is a tendency, there is an incentive to give a diagnosis. Which means get labeled. Get labeled. We live in a world where we overnight, literally 10 years ago, we all got access to everybody's information without the training that goes with deciphering some of that information. And so we all have become armchair quarterbacks when it comes to what you have, what I have. Pop psychologists. And then the third is we are all looking for a reason why... Um, like we talked about in the last segment, why we can't just grind out and do the hard, small steps that is every day. And you take all three of those together, and yeah, you get diagnosis all over the place. You get people diagnosing themselves. Prescriptions issued all over the place. Prescriptions like their Tic Tacs, and then look around. we got a mess, right? But that doesn't undermine there are very real psychological challenges that people experience. Absolutely, they do. There's no question. Just about we're that. living in attention. We're not right trying now. to be cold in that regard. No, I didn't hear but, that at all. Yeah, but, uh, no. no I'm, I, and I'm just saying, neither one of us are saying that about his wife because yeah. uh, we don't know in that situation. Yep. But if that is truly what's going on, and it sounds like it is, then yes, you you cannot. She cannot handle money mm-hmm. until she has a level of healing past that. Um, and if you're, you know, if you have someone that's dealing with gambling addiction, they cannot touch money. Mm-hmm. If they're dealing with a pornography addiction, they cannot touch money. As a matter of fact, if they're dealing with an addiction, they just can't touch money. Because addicts, 100% of addicts are broke eventually. It's the gasoline for their fire, right? Eventually. They're going to spend money on their thing, whatever it is they're addicted to, to the point they destroy their family and themselves. Mm. Eventually. There are no such thing as rich addicts. Hmm. That remain rich forever. They remain rich, yeah. that's right. Huh? So eventually, they're going to snort their, thing, their, their fortune away mm. or, uh, you know... It goes from porn to prostitutes or whatever. Mm. And, um, you know, gambling is pretty quick. You can run through the money with gambling. Real fast. Just open up your computer and you can go through about $100,000 in 20 minutes. Um, And there's always someone on the street corner to give you some more, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There's a, they'll, there's a, you know, the internet will hook you up, baby. Mm -hmm. And um, we're now seeing the fastest growing addiction in our offices for financial counseling is porn. Really? Second is gambling Mm -hmm. because of internet access. That's right. Driven through the roof. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. Solutions on the debt-free stage. Tony and Jesse are with us from Indianapolis. Hey, guys. Hello. Welcome to Nashville. Thank you. Hey, thank you. 
And here to do a debt-free scream. Yes. How much do you guys pay off? Uh, $221,000. Wow. Whoa. How long did this take? Five years. Five years. Okay, very good. And your range of income during that time? Uh, we started at 70000 and at, we're at one thirty now. Good for you. What do you guys do for a living? Uh, I'm an assistant administrator for a construction company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a sales manager for a small distribution company. Great. Yep. Very cool. So five years, 221000 Did you pay off your house? Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that weird people. Yeah. I love it. Way to go, Thank you two. You. So what's this house worth? Uh, well, we purchased it for 140000 and today it's worth two ten. Two ten. You have yeah. a $210,000 paid for house in your how old? Uh, I'm 29. I'm 33. And you're so weird. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is so awesome. Thank you. I mean, 29 and 33-year-olds don't have paid for houses. <laughs> yeah. You do. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Way to go, you guys. So tell us the story. What happened five years ago? Got this whole thing started. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just kind of bouncing around as newlyweds, doing all the things that normal people do, right? Um, financing cars, financing furniture. Um, pretty sweet 70-inch TV that was on loan for about five years, but mm-hmm. um, doing all the normal stuff. And, and one day Jesse looked over and said, I, I think I want to have a baby. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> um, you can't finance that. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're running out of room, right? Yeah. So so as the nerd in the family, I kind of looked over the budget and I, I realized how in trouble we actually were, right? So um, our church was, was running a program. Unfortunately, we couldn't do that class, but um, started YouTube and yeah, kind of got in that internet wormhole where I was watching debt free scream after debt free scream, and I slowly transitioned from "You can't do this. This isn't real." To "Well, heck, if they're doing it, we can do it." So if that um, guy can do it, right, I know I can. Right, right. So, so we bought the book, and um, let's just say it was game on from there. Yeah, it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Jesse, you, you, he comes in after going down the YouTube wormhole. Yeah. And says, I bought a book. What'd you say? Um, well, I bought something else. Uh, no, I mean, I've always kind of trusted him there. Um, if he told me, you know, we were going to be fine, I thought, okay, we're going to be fine. But then he was like, we're, we're not going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So when he told me about um, your book and then I listened to it, I was like, wow, like, okay, how are we going to do this? And he set up the most crazy budget you've ever seen color coded and everything and we just started working the baby steps and when we paid off that first loan um it was game on from then it mm, was yeah. it was very motivating yeah. and this is going to really happen yeah right. you start to yeah. go this is real yeah right. there's something that happens and you gear it up and then another one then you gear it up again and then yes. you gear it up again so when did you pay off everything but the house well, how far back was that well right before Nine months before that little one was born. Yeah, so that was yeah. 2017. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the last three years of the five has been the house. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and yeah. the first two was the consumer debt. Yeah. yeah. You paid off the house fast then. Yeah, um, I knew when we were debt-free that um, after listening to your show and wanting to be weird um, that we weren't going to slow down our intensity at any point. <laughs> so um, we, we were like, we want that is you know, as bad as we wanted to be debt-free yeah. and um, just start changing our family tree. That was mm. something fun we wanted to be able to say. So, And along the way, the baby did come. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Babies. Yeah. How many? Um, well, we have an 11-year-old, a 3-year-old, and one due in February. Oh, okay. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. 
Very cool. So the 11-year-old came... Oh, um, well, it's my husband's daughter. Yeah, we've oh, got okay. a blended family. I'm, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I married okay. him. And um, she uh, learned m- many of it along with us. Yeah. Um, she was getting, you know, toys as she wanted and, and needed them. And uh, uh, then that kind of ceased, and mm. we had to kind of explain why. Yeah. And uh, wow. she learned quickly your steps as well. Yeah. Yeah, the little ones, they don't know what a budget is, but they learn to hate Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Hey, Tony, so put me in. Put me in the in year two and a half or three. You've been doing this. You turned thirty. This is this big milestone. How do you not run out of gas? Ooh, that's a, that's a long question. time. Yeah, good you know, Doctor D, that's a great question. And honestly, that was part of our story. Is is um, I'm, I'm going to eat a piece of humble pie here in front of all your millions of listeners and let you know that I didn't do it right in the beginning. Right mm-hmm. when when I came to her and said, "This is a book." My wife showed me so much grace and said, "I'll follow your plan. Let's just do it." But we never really had a why, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was about that time that we really sat down and had, as Chris would say, our dream date, and we started working together and became equally yoked, and, and things just went gangbusters from there. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that was the, the absolute game changer. It was a turning point. It was kind of the fuel that we needed at that season that you were alluding to, mm-hmm. and... Um, so yeah, you kind of mus- you kind of muscled your way through the I first part. I muscled my way through it. The first, the first part, <laughs> yeah, but then the sure. second part, you kind of got in a groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we found our groove, and that's why things just started moving a lot quicker, yeah. for sure. Right. We also put um, our animation table up on our fridge, and every time, you know, we got to scratch off many payments, and you know, we'd rip one page into like a thousand pages and throw right. it away. And when we made it to that last page, you know, that's an incredible feeling when yeah. it says twenty twenty. You know, or 20, I don't even know. 20, I think it was like 2025 or yeah, something. Yeah. something crazy. Five years early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm. Way to go, you guys. There's so, not a lot of kids with uh, amortization schedules on their refrigerator. <laughs> so we, we have to put it over their paintings sometimes, but yeah. 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 Mom, uh, where, where's that thing I made in kindergarten with the M schedules taking precedence don't move here? The right. yeah. kids. Right. So, what do you tell people the secret to getting out of debt is? You two are highly successful. Well done. Um, well, we really enjoyed Rachel Cruz's book, and um, I think as long as you can be content um, is what we got mainly out of it, is um, as long as you can be content with what you have. Um, I had to go through my emails and just unsubscribe to all the stores and mm, <laughs> mm. It, um, work to, I mean, your all our needs are met. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't need multiple, multiple things. So mm. contentment, I'd say. Um, yeah, and good. obviously the budget mm. is a huge one. Yeah, for sure. And obviously to reiterate it, I would say finding a why, mm. a real why that, that works for both of you so you can go the same direction. So what right. do you buy? You're 100% debt free. You did it. Your house is paid off. What's the first big thing you buy to celebrate? <laughs> well, um, um, with another baby on the way, we're going to have to upgrade to a van. So Jesse's got her eyes on a uh, minivan. Yeah, going to upgrade vehicles. Yeah. A little bit. yeah. Way to go. Okay, yeah. cool. So we're shopping for a cash van. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good for you guys. Well, I'm so proud of you. Thank, Thank you. you. You're rock Thank stars. You. Who Thanks. were your biggest cheerleaders? Oh, I'd have to say our parents were huge, um, and then a couple at church, Don and Deb Bergman, um, they lead the financial piece, mm-hmm. and um, really just, I mean, all of our friends, um, they weren't going to do it or join us, but they encouraged us yeah. along the way. Yeah. yeah, 
and now that you've done it, they all kind of go, hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of switched a little bit. Yeah, They're it's starting switching to a little. Get a little bit more when curious about the program. When you pay off your house, program. then people get interested. Right. They make that noise. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well done, you guys. Thanks. So great, beautiful, guys. beautiful. Okay, so the babies are how old, and they're with you. Let's get them in the shot. Yep. We've oh, got yeah. Bailey's eleven and Carson's three. All right, very good. Way to go, Bailey. Good babysitting. You did good during that. Good job. Good job. All right, Tony, Jesse, Carson, and Bailey, Indianapolis, Indiana. Two hundred twenty-one thousand paid off in five years, making seventy to one thirty. That's their house and everything. And she's not even thirty. Shut up. Count it down. Let's hear a debt. Free scream! Three, two, one. We're, We're debt free! free! Yeah! Yeah! Woo, 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 woo! Wow! Oh, that's so cool. There's got to be some science in the science of transformation. I may talk about it when we come back in a minute. Be thinking about this. That you muscle your part way through the first part of transformation emotionally spiritually and then it starts to you can catch a groove i want to hear what you think about that this is the dave ramsey show personality is my co-host today on the air. We've heard all the excuses from people that they use to put off making a will. Like, if I do a will, I might die. You're going to die! We've done research. 100% of you ain't making it out alive. So, in fact, our MC Solutions research team found that 74% of parents do not have a will. Guys, that's ridiculous. Can't do that. Too important. You need a will protect your family and to keep the state from taking over and telling everything what to do including your kids so stop putting it off get it done you can start with our free will preparation checklist this guide helps you think through the seven important areas like naming guardians and beneficiaries plus all the little things you hadn't thought of once you've gone over the checklist um Setting up your actual will will only take you about 10 or 15 minutes. So get the free checklist, get the guide by texting WILL to 33789. That's WILL to 33789. Give your family peace of mind by getting your will done. It's just a grown-up thing to do. All right, Todd is with us. Todd's in Sacramento. Hey, Todd, welcome to the Dave Ramsey Show. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So um, we are trying to buy some land, and um, one of the thought, one of the process things we're thinking about was to sell our home and move into a fifth wheel. And I was trying to figure out if that might be a good idea. Um, Who's we? So Who's we? we? Do, me, my wife, and four kids. And so the thought process would be is we would buy the land and put the hookups on the property 
And so we'd be able to live there while the house was being built. And then at, at conclusion of the house being built, we'd sell the house, tra- we'd sell the, the trailer and uh, truck. How long is it going to take you to build the house? I'm assuming probably about a year. Hmm. Um, I couldn't do that. I, yeah, the, the way I answer questions here is what would I do if I was in your shoes, and it wouldn't be that. Um, okay. Tr- truthfully, this sounds like a nightmare. Um, <laughs> the uh, I mean, it's a that, lot of that, people in a little a place. A lot of people in a trailer, <laughs> a fifth wheel. I mean, yeah. it, you know, I guess it, it depends on your family. Maybe your family is adventurous and they think this is fun or something. My family would not think this is fun, um, and my wife, my wife would not be on board with this. I can just tell you, and so and that enters into the discussion. But I mean, uh, people do all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked to a guy not long ago. He he uh, bought a five thousand dollar used mobile home and for cash mm-hmm. and uh you know took the two hundred thousand from the sale of his house saved another hundred thousand and built a three hundred thousand dollar house it took him three years and he lived in that little dumpy trailer for three years while he was doing that i couldn't do that mm-hmm. um so i can't i and I, I i don't i'm one of these people that says i'm not going to ask you to do something like dave ramsey said that i wouldn't do so because that's mm-hmm. hypocritical to me so you can do it if you want to i won't say that you're dumb or something uh i would say you wouldn't buy a brand new one because it's going to lose you know half its stinking value when you drive it off the lot no our, our thought process would be truck and trailer would be probably about 40 grand total yeah. and then that's probably going to be worth 20 when you sell it yeah and I mean, so we, we would lose some but as my wife doesn't she she's the one who brought the trailer up and I, I thought she was initially kind of crazy, but she's been. <laughs> your, your gut reaction was correct. How old? How old are your kids? Uh, ten, eight, four, and ten months. Yeah, there's a zero percent chance this ends well for anybody. This is not. This is. It's just real close quarters. For I, I think I'm going to go at this another way. I would rent a house. Spend a little money, you know. The, you're going to lose twenty thousand dollars on this hookup anyway. So I would rent a house and lose my twenty thousand dollars that way. Um, and you're going to lose your marriage and at least two of those kids, <laughs> at least two of them. One of them's going to hurt the other one. But yeah, the uh, uh, I, I I mean you again. You're an, if you pull this off and and come out of it mentally healthy, and your marriage is healthy and everything, uh, financially you're going to be okay. But if you pull this off, you would be an unusual family that pulls this off. Most people that did this would rue the day. At the end of it, they're going, God, that was awful. It sounds like uh, one of those YouTubification plans where there's there's always a YouTube channel of somebody doing something crazy or a Pinterest channel where somebody's created a new thing out of egg cartons and pony hair or whatever weird thing. (laughs) And it's just like, well, we can do that. And you end up in a mess and nobody likes you and your neighbors want to burn your house. It's just like, man, there's a reason why... Things work most of the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, so yeah, I'm telling you, I probably would not do this, but it, but I'm also not going to just absolutely tell you not to do it if you choose to do it. But it's unusual, weird, and so and the reason it is is it's a lot of people in a very close quarter, and um, 
it just doesn't sound fun. I mean, do this. If you do decide to do it, email me at askjohn at ramseysolutions.com because I'm going to have you on my show. And I'm going to chronicle this with you. It'll, it'll You'll be a follow, blast. follow him through the year. Yes. Yeah, all right. Lucy's in Oklahoma City. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, first, I just want to say thank you. I listened to your show a few years back religiously, and I paid off like maybe 34000 in a few, um, maybe in about eight months or so, and I got debt free. Well done. But I have a, I have a question. I'm purchasing a home for my sister, Cash, and it sits mm-hmm. on about an acre, mm-hmm. and it's only had two previous owners, um, a mother and a son. Mm-hmm. And I am wondering whether I should purchase title insurance. I figured if I would just do title a title search and purchase the abstracting work, I'd save about 1500 or more. Yeah, I would buy title insurance. I, I won't buy a piece of property without title insurance. There's okay. just too much crap that happens in title. And, um, I, you know, if, if it's a normal transaction, you're probably perfectly safe. Uh, so the land has only had two owners since when? 1700s? I mean, um, the mother, I don't know, on the land, I don't know. The house is what, uh, the mother built that house. Uh, on what? A sub, in a subdivision? Yes. Yeah, and how long has the subdivision been there? Right. And, and who owned the subdivision before? And did the did the brother that was the heir who ran off to California crazy? Did he actually sign off when the guy four pieces of, uh, four deeds ago that before the subdivision was actually there? Did he actually sign off on it, or is he going to show up and want a piece of all of your lots? Right. This is why you get title okay. insurance. Okay. Weird crap happens. I bought a piece of property one time, and uh, four places back in the title, four owners ago, one brother did not sign there were four siblings one brother did not sign he showed up wanting his money he said i I own a fourth of this property and technically he was correct so what happened the title insurance company wrote him a check because i had title insurance and i've i've just owned too many pieces of real estate and seen weird wacky stuff i always buy title insurance and for 99 percent of the people out there i always recommend you get a home inspection when you're buying a property even from your sister. I do want to high-five Lucy, though. She sounds like somebody who is follows a plan and actually does research. And yeah, actually, she figured out what to do. It and doesn't get, get the just... title abstract. She knows something about it. Act right. like the world's happening to her. I love folks like yeah. that. Yeah, she's digging in, going, mm-hmm. okay, I don't understand this fee. Why is this fee worth it? It's not worth it. I can just go do the title search and pull the title. Title abstract is just the history. Mm-hmm. That's the breakdown of who owned it before, before, before. It's the begots, mm-hmm. you know, in, in <laughs> yeah. the beginning of the beginning of the New Testament, right? That's right. And uh, you go right down the title, and that's your abstract, and you can see the flow of it. And again, ninety nine percent of the time, you're okay. Um, and I've owned probably two thousand pieces of property, and I've only had a title problem two or three times. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't happen very often. But boy, when it whoop, does, man, oh man, oh man. That puts this hour of the Dave Ramsey Show in the books. Hey, 
it's Kelly, associate producer and phone screener for The Dave Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but if you heard about an event, product, or service and didn't have a chance to write it down, don't worry. We list everything you've heard about during this episode in the podcast show notes or head to DaveRamsey.com. Money isn't the only thing we talk about around here. Get life-changing advice on your career from my good friend and career expert, Ken Coleman, on The Ken Coleman Show. According to a recent Gallup poll, nearly 70% of Americans are disengaged at work. If you dread going into work every Monday morning and you're just trying to make it to the weekend, The Ken Coleman Show is for you. Everyone has a sweet spot. Your sweet spot is at the intersection of your greatest talent and greatest passion. We will help you discover what it is you were born to do, and then we'll help you create a plan to make your dream job a reality. You matter, and you have what it takes. Join the conversation on The Ken Coleman Show. Hear more from the Ramsey Network, including The Ken Coleman Show, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Dave Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you've heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.